Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us and shine a light on those who will inspire tomorrow. This is your tribute to comics and pop culture. This is the Canned Air Podcast on Wizard World's Con Radio. Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today from Dark Side Global, uh, the creator of Max Hunter, Alex Lobato. Thanks for being with us, Alex. Hey, good to be back, guys. Good to be back. Good to have you back. We're going to have some fun today. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to be talking with Alex a little bit later about his uh, project running on Kickstarter till February 21st for uh, Gargoyle Girl and Redux by Proxy. Uh, awesome. Before we do that, we're going to be talking about uh, arcade games, our favorite arcade games through the uh, 80s, 90s, and uh, well, I guess up to present. Uh, we're going to talk some comics, and then we'll turn our attention over to Alex and hear more about his Kickstarter. So, before we get started, uh, one thing we need to touch on really quick. Uh, it's almost uh, two weeks out now that everyone's hearing this recording, but uh, Alan Rickman has uh, recently died, uh, I think, at 69 of cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Another one uh, down. That's horrible, man. We've lost too many legends this month. Yeah, tell yeah, me about seriously. it. It's a cursed, cursed time. It's we cursed. lost the uh, Eagles singer as well. Yeah, yep. you're yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. It was. I was glad to hear, though, he didn't die from uh, cancer. I mean, it's horrible right. he died, but, I mean, if it would have been a fourth person, like, within <laughs> yeah. a week. Yeah. Just cancer know. running roughshod over everyone yeah, we love. tell me it's about it. Not looking good for 2016. No. Yeah. no. It's a dark year. Yeah. <laughs> not even through the first month. So. I know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, just wanted to make mention of that really quick. Uh, rest in peace, Alan Rickman, and thanks for, man, being a part of so many great so, yeah. parts of uh, pop culture. I mean, dogma. yippee Yeah. He <laughs> will die be hard. horribly, horribly missed. Harry yeah. Potter. Yes. Man. All right. Well, let's just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And away we go. I'll be back. Shut up! All right, guys. Arcade games. I'm sure uh, we could probably sit here and talk about this topic for some time. But uh, let's uh, let's just start. Alex, do you want to kick it off? What's your favorite arcade game? Oh, there's so many. Um, My favorite when I was when I was a kid um, was the Ninja Turtles arcade game. You know, absolutely. You know, with getting the pizzas and playing with your friends, and you can have you know all four of your friends there and. And, and play at the same time simultaneously. Like, it, it was it was a lot of fun. It was great. You couldn't beat that. Every friend group has had the conversation of, like, which turtle are you? And you could live oh, it yeah. out. It was real. <laughs> it was yeah. a great game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, were you one of the people who were irritated when uh, the Nintendo game, uh, what was it, Turtles 2, the arcade game, came out, and it wasn't exactly like the arcade game? Yeah, I was, but I still played it and I liked it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there definitely was no comparison, but uh, yeah. 
They were both great games, yeah. I think. Yeah, they were. And then, what was it? And Turtles in Time Turtle, that yeah. they actually yep. finally brought oh, that? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I ever finished that one, though. Turtles in Time? Yeah. Oh, I beat that one. Played the Did hell you? out of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we used to have, like, time trials, see how quick we could beat it. I think we beat it in, like, 14 minutes once, me and, <laughs> and a buddy. It was, like, on, e- I think, maybe easy, and we were just plowing through. But... In the arcade? No, that one uh, was on the Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. But, the, yeah. The part that stands out to me is there's a boss. I think it's Shredder in some kind of gigantic robot, and you're watching through his cockpit. Yeah, And you've got to throw dudes at the screen to dance. Yes. yes. I, I didn't get that concept when I was younger. I'm like, this game's not fair. It was hard to, it was hard to grasp. You're right. I mean, That was new in that version, right? For mm-hmm. the Turtles in Time was throwing mm-hmm. them at the screen. Yeah. What a cool idea, especially yeah. for the time. Yeah, it was yeah. the first time you really felt like you had an arcade game uh, at home when you when you got the cartridge version. I mean, they were almost identical, weren't they? The arcade and the yeah, cartridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you, uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh yeah. No. When that stupid game first came out, man, <laughs> I had never had heart palpitations from playing video games. <laughs> then when that one came out, just dumping quarters in there, learning all the the finishing moves. That Shao Kahn fight, dude. Mm-hmm. It was just stay in the corner and shoot fireballs because if you go within a foot of them, the game is over. Yeah. Do you remember how controversial that game was when it came out for the oh, first yeah. time in the 90s? I oh, yeah, yeah. remember uh, getting ready for school one morning in particular, and uh, the news was on in the living room, and the news reporter was talking about this new violent game that's out there, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. One of the most vicious games is called Mortal Kombat. The objective is to finish off your opponent violently. Another method is decapitation. Critics, including the National PTA, say such video games contribute to violence in real life. And television's Captain Kangaroo says parents are not paying enough attention. Understand that these are not harmless toys, that uh, they can indeed uh, cause great emotional and uh, other damage to a child. And they said, we're going to show a scene, but please have your children leave the room. before." And <laughs> I'm not discretion kidding you. Is they gave like a couple second <laughs> break there, and then they just watching these characters rip each other's hearts and spines. I was like, yes! <laughs> It was, it was great. a good day. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you would never get that kind of a response from a game like that nowadays. It's so funny how uh, desensitized we've become to that yeah. kind of violence. Oh, yeah. Then it came out for Nintendo and it was censored. There was no blood. It was just like sweat. Oh. Mm-hmm. But Sega yes. came out with the blood, yeah. I was going to say, I played it on the Game Gear and there was plenty of blood. <laughs> got you back. <laughs> Weren't there codes, though, that could unlock the blood? I think so, yeah. yeah. I thought there were. Yeah, yeah I, that's what I was going to say. I do remember um, going to school and, and, and the strategy guide, you know, the, 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 the different ways of doing the finishing moves and such. That was like hotcakes. Like so, one, one kid would bring the strategy guide to school and, and everybody, you know, would want it, would want right. to find out how to do those finishing moves. And they were very complicated. <laughs> to right. yeah. I do remember that. It was like uh, getting the Nintendo Power magazines or something. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was your only insight into mm-hmm. codes other than yeah. word of mouth on the playground, you like, know? Please, God, help me yeah. beat this game. I can't lose another night's sleep. <laughs> I still remember the first time, like, after the invent of the Internet that I realized... I can look these things up yeah. on the internet. <laughs> Once you've got that unlimited power, though, yeah. playing a game the yeah. fair way is just... But is it too much power? Oh, instantly too much power. <laughs> You're not ready for that. Yes. 
What about you? Favorite arcade game? Galaga, hands down. Mm. I don't think I've ever the Alpha. You're both mixing out. You're mixing out. The good missing two, out. Two-sided sit-down. No, no, it's like you can play it two-player, but you have to take turns. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. But it's um it's like if you've seen any Oh man. I don't even know how to describe it, just because it's like the first of its well, technically Galaxian came first. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, Shame on just, you. You're the lone spaceship at the bottom against an endless horde of bug-shaped aliens. It's just everyone's played a million games just like it. But oh, Galaga, you mean space invaders? Yes, but like it has the illusion of you moving forward through space. You're not like oh, defending anything. Yeah. yeah. And oh my god, the first time I played it when I was younger, I'm like, yeah, this is fun. Like as I got older, I realized what a weirdly nuanced, interesting game it was, especially <laughs> for the time and the level of technical mastery mm-hmm. you need to figure mm-hmm. it out to even break a hundred thousand points. I mean, there are mechanics where you can get two ships on screen at once, and destroying enemies in particular orders is just like miles more efficient. It's incredible. <laughs> I could mm. probably write a book. On all my crazy Galaga <laughs> Wasn't there one that would come down and it would take your ship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's okay. the one. But yep. you could shoot your ship when it was captive, mm-hmm. and then you lose two lives because you're an idiot. But if you take out the mothership <laughs> while it's got it, bam, double ships, clearing waves like nobody's business. No, I don't remember that one. That's oh, a good one. It's a treat. One of my all-time favorites right up there with the Ninja Turtle game, about the same concept, was the Simpsons uh, arcade oh, game. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great game that was so much fun to play i do remember that one i that was a game i always wondered why never made to i mean now it's on consoles like xbox arcade but i always wondered why they never made a cartridge of it like they did with the turtle game and there were all kinds of games of that type you know and there were simpson games too you know i mean but uh the only good one that i think really came out on the nes was uh what was it bart versus the world that one was good. It was hard. Never played it. But it was good. Then there was like Bart versus the Space Mutants, which was <laughs> impossible. I think there was another one and like it was, that. It was like Bart on a skateboard the whole game, right? Like you were... I don't... Um, I think maybe. And you had to jump over these little like purple yeah. alien things that were nearly impossible to jump <laughs> over. Like you had to like master the craft of jumping <laughs> to survive level one of this game. But, a lot uh, of fun. Very low stress. Yeah. Why, why couldn't they bring the fighting concept in like they did in the arcade? It was brilliant. Yeah. But I almost purchased one of those cabinets once. We were really? uh, at an arcade in Springfield that was going out of business, and right there in the corner was The Simpsons for $300. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Now, I almost did, but I thought, one, where am I going to put this thing? And two, if it breaks... Oh, there I am. Yeah, you oh, just yeah. <laughs> because I knew how long this uh, cabinet had been at this arcade, and I know how many people have played it. This thing was on its last leg, I'm mm. sure. That's why it's going for three hundred bucks. All kind of screen burn and stuff on it too. Uh, I mean, no, nothing like that was showing, but I knew the second I plugged it in at home, it was like, that's all it would take. <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> Once it crossed the threshold, it's exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, back to you, Alex. Oh, we're oh we're gonna keep going. This is awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, going back again to these because I, I really liked the co-op games and um, and and, and uh, Avengers. Well, Avengers was just one of my favorites where you get to pick Captain America, 
and uh, you know throw the shield and and defeat your enemies and but I don't think it was called Avengers though but it it, it was the Avengers it was Captain America and the Avengers I believe it, I yeah, think that's what it was, it was yeah Captain America and something Iron like Man that, yeah. Hawkeye and Vision in it yes 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 yes, yep. yes 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 that was a lot of fun because there weren't a whole mess of superhero games at that time it wasn't you know a huge uh, market for that and and the, you know it, it was just you got to play your favorite superhero. I mean, one of your favorite superheroes. And for me, it was living the dream, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, playing your comic book there on the, on the, on the arcade. It was really an interesting choice because at the time, Captain America, I mean, was still a hit with like hardcore fans, but outside of that was kind of taboo. I mean, same with Iron Man. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was like just, in mainstream. Yeah. You know, to, to be putting in arcades in the front of, uh, you know, department stores or whatever. It, it was all about the X-Men because they were on TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. X-Men were blowing yeah. up. That yeah. was a great arcade. That was a double wide yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was oh, another good one. Yes. <laughs> just hear from across the arcade. X-Men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird to think of like that Avengers game like in that time, how cool it would have been to run into this game and mm-hmm. play your favorite superhero. And that's so commonplace now. The yeah. market's so saturated with superheroes. Back then, oh, yeah. that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you had that, if you put that game in a Dave and Buster's now, you'd have a line at it. You oh, know what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. People mm-hmm. would tear that thing apart. Yeah. There's a uh, there's a place here in Columbus called Eight Bit or Sixteen Bit Bar and Grill or something. Yeah. I yeah. still haven't been there. I'm dying. Yeah. To go. I've I've only stopped in. I never. Uh, I didn't stop to play any games, but just kind of poked my head in the door. But it's just that a bar grill. The walls are lined with all these classic games and. Mm. Uh, X-Men being one of them. Shit's awesome. Turtles is there, too. I've got those games at home on my computer. Who needs an arcade? Yeah. <laughs> I just sit there in my it's living room. It's not the same. X-Men. It's not the same. No, it's no. not the same. <laughs> and I think if, as long as you're there drinking or eating, you can play all these games yeah. for free. Yeah, that's the... Ooh. Nice. Yeah, so uh, we might have to plan our free comic book day as a, with a stop <laughs> over finish there. finish off there. Yeah, <laughs> finish off at the 16-bit That'll grill. work. We could do that. So dangerous having those free games as long as you're drinking. Oh, yeah. mm. you're not yeah. paying quarters; you're paying in chunks of liver. You may have <laughs> it into the slot. Oh man! Do you guys remember? It was a big white. It was. It was only over around for a little, a little while, but it was uh, like the first hologram video game. It was like a big white stand or table, I guess. And uh, the, like the main character was a cowboy, and it was one of those you'd watch it. And a certain thing would happen. You had to move the controller or hit the button at the right time to keep it going. I, I played oh. something similar. Hologram? Like like a three-dimensional hologram? Like, it what do you... looked like it was just a kind of an eye, an eye trick, pretty much. Yeah, because it was just a, like the TV was down in the console or the cabinet. Oh. And then there was like a mirror that was curved. So oh, it gave the I look see. that it yeah. was actually right oh. there. I see. It's like in the Disney's Haunted Mansion, kind of. like yeah. you, you know, like when you first go around that first bend, all, there's like all these head bust statues that are all, as you drive by, they all watch you. But the way oh. they get that illusion is the busts sitting there aren't really busts at all. They're like inverted... Uh, Oh, I know exactly what you mean. They yeah. made those paper dragon things. If you yes, exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's an inverted image, and as you go by it, it appears like it's looking at you. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's brilliant. So and awesome. The I way love little tricks like that. Yeah, yeah. the way it's lit crap. and everything. Unless you're really, really looking, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I played a. Um, it was a Terminator uh, arcade game. This Ooh. thing was ancient. This was like at a campsite. 
the Terminator the 2, like where all the yeah, yeah, and got it was the gun. Like, right, right. And oh, then when yeah. you got hit or something, it had that mirror effect where a light would shine and you get that Terminator like endo skull flash in your face, like, oh, oh god. <laughs> Every time you got shot, <laughs> like, that I can't was a do good it. game. I'm done. Yeah. That was a good game. Yeah, I forgot cool. about that one. It was pretty brutal. Like I it, I remember it kind of like I was getting a little stressed out because mm-hmm. it had like the live action actors like come on they're oh, coming yeah, yeah. through this yeah. way you know dudes getting blown apart i'm like i can't handle it it's too real <laughs> well that's like bad a... bandwagon they had the uh aerosmith version oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if there was ever a band that deserved its own arcade <laughs> <Yeah>. game <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just surprised aerosmith beat kiss to it Unless yeah. Kiss, yeah. well, they had Kiss Pinball. I should say that well, but a yeah. pinball game is not an arcade game, no. right? Oh. Now that that's out there, let the <laughs> conversation continue. Some of the newer pinball games are almost like video games, though, because they've got all the screens and then all kind of animated oh, yeah. stuff on the table itself. I love a good pinball machine. Yeah, yeah. they're fun. Yep, they're a lot I played. Of fun. Um, you guys remember GameWorks? In oh, oh yes. Back in the day, like when that first opened up. Uh, I used to go there every weekend that I could. And uh, there was a pinball game. It was like Alien Invasion Pinball, which sounds super generic. But it had like a full screen at the top of the board. And like you'd hmm. have to hit certain points. There'd be like missile launchers. And you're trying to get through layers of the mothership's shields. Then you'd go to a different country that have a different set of weapons. Like you'd go to defend Italy. And instead of like surface air missiles, they've got a catapult that launches zucchini. <laughs> 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 and it was right next to the South Park pinball. And I could spend hours just at those two machines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the coolest. There was a bar at, we used to play music in that had a, like, one pinball machine. I think it was, like, Dukes of Hazard or something. <laughs> but we played the heck out of that thing, man. They were so much fun. Maybe you can help me. There sure. was a, when, when preparing for this, there was a game I was trying to remember that was at GameWorks. This thing, it was like a hot air balloon game where you strapped yourself. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was yeah. like a three-story tall screen. Yeah, it was like two different games when it was there. The first one was like more like a basic shooter where you're going up the levels of some high rise and there was a boss at the top. And then it was like Sky Pirates in balloons. Sky That's Pirates, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. This was incredible because like this, you were sitting in this chair that would launch you up and down like two or three different oh, like stories. So and awesome. The screen you were looking at extended the whole way. Yeah, and you're... And your pirate air balloon had like a big um, spike sticking out of the bottom. So you'd have to drop down on top of other people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So you'd be way up at the top and you get the drop on somebody below you and you drop like 20 feet in an instant. You're like, oh, Jesus. Man. Well, then you get the one with whatever the icon was and it would shoot you way up high. Yeah. Yeah. Like the little thruster thing. (laughs) Yep. That That game was so fun. I never got to play it. There was always such a long line there. And like, I never wanted, it took like so many tokens to play it too. It was like, I'll play like 30 other games to that one. That sucks, dude. I don't want to rub it in, but it was awesome. <laughs> I'll just go play Daytona USA. <laughs> play that on your emulator and get the same effect. Yeah. <laughs> just sit in my desk chair and hit the button to release. <laughs> it's almost the same. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of game works, there was this uh, me and Brooke, would, we went there and there was a like a photo booth you could go in 
and line your face up and it would take the guy's picture. It would take the girl's picture and then it would spit out a little uh, projection of what, if you guys were to have a kid, what it would look like. So we did it once and boy, we got a little monster. (laughs) Mommy, daddy, you know, kind of fish heads in the attic kind of kid. He had like three eyes. Yeah. So we're like, well, let's do it again. We need, we need to get at least one good looking kid. We did it again. This one was worse than the first. The forehead on this kid was enormous. And he had just like an evil look on his face to begin with. So we thought, okay, that's the gimmick of the machine. No, here come two beautiful people. Go in, make a beautiful child. It shows it right there for everyone to see. You're like, okay, third time's a charm. No. All of them turned out mutants. And if you it, go it in with any kind of facial hair, too, I think that just ruins more. Because <laughs> I did the same thing, and we're like, yeah... I think this is the last time we'll see each other. (laughs) That game could solely be responsible for the reason we still don't have children today. (laughs) There you go. Because it kept showing you these stunted Wookiees, you know. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't have. Most effective form of birth control you ever have to go to an arcade to use. (laughs) That on top of uh, Mountain Dew, which you would drink at the arcade, so. Oh, yeah. As I look around the table full of Mountain yeah. Dew right here. You're hitting a little close to home, Alex. Maybe I should have brought that arcade home after all. Man. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Man, a lot of those games I forgot about. So much cool stuff out yeah. there back yeah. in the day. You know? And there's still enough games. I think we could uh, do this again sometime. We'd yeah, probably one do in it mind for that... an hour straight. Yeah. We just have to put the stipulation. No turtles or Simpsons. <laughs> Keep a that, running list. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, with that, let's just uh, talk about some comics, fellers. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. Go first. Hit it. I got issue number one of Star Trek and Green Lantern. I'm anxious to hear about this one. That's a great cover. When I first heard of it, uh, they've done it before, I guess. And I don't know how well it went. But when I first heard about this, I was like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to make a Marvel, or excuse me, a DC Star Trek team-up, he's probably the best character to do it with, I'd say. Oh, yeah. This has got the IDW and DC logos on the front, too. Nice. Oh. But pretty much it starts out in uh, the time the time period of before. <laughs> I on, remember that. On Planet Mogo. And if you don't know, Mogo is a Green Lantern. He's a... A living planet, basically, that has the ring inside him. But apparently, before, Mogo is dead. And there is a guardian that's walking around with a bunch of rings flying around him. And it looks like the Black Hand is talking to him, saying he's coming for him. The leader of the Black Ring Corps. So he's... The guardian's sitting there talking to him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go away. You're not going to find me. And poofs into another universe, which is later. And in comes... The uh, Starship Enterprise. And what caught me off guard was the Enterprise, the crew, is the new, the J.J. Abrams You crew. got your Chris Pine Kirk. Uh, yep. Mm. Except that Spock looks just like Leonard Nimoy. Uh, that's, I kept <laughs> looking at him, too. I'm like, that's, that doesn't look like, what's his name? Boy, not not a, like, the century. Not a good time to be William Shatner, huh? No. I hope he doesn't open that book. But they end up coming up on a planet that they found that they're going to go down on, do an away team mission thing on there. Go down there, find a skeleton of a guardian and a bunch of rings. Take the rings back up onto the the Enterprise, and Scotty's he's testing them. And then they goes over to Bones, and they're talking about looking at the alien. And then all of a sudden, some uh, 
what are they called? The Klingons show up. And while the Klingons are talking to Kirk, they're talking about, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow you up out of the sky. No, you're not gonna do that. Just normal Kirk and right. Klingon banter. The exchange. Scotty's testing the energy on the rings. The rings end up powering up, fly out all over the place. And one Klingon gets a ring. A Chekhov gets a blue ring. What? McCoy gets a purple ring. Ohoro uh, gets the red ring, I think it is. And <laughs> Take the ring that most closely matches your shirt color. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> then all of a sudden it turns out there's this big green light flash- flashing in the front window of the Enterprise. And who is it but Hal Jordan? Oh, of course. And he's like, hey, nice ship. And then that's the end of it. <laughs> well, not much uh, Green Lantern at all, huh? No, no, not at all. You got the Luke Skywalker, like the perfect comic for me. Quickly, the IDW and uh, DC crossover with the Turtles and Batman was amazing. I loved that number one. I was expecting it, it to be a very gimmicky, but it was really good, and I'm anxious to read the rest of it, so I can imagine that's probably uh, equally as Yeah, good. I've got to pick up the rest. It came out this sum- this past summer, so and I know the series has run its course, I'm sure. I remember seeing uh, that green hand doing Spock's uh, Live Long and Prosper. It's pretty cool. Ooh, that was a cool yeah. idea. That's it's pretty got neat. the insignia, yeah. the Starfleet insignia. Oh, I didn't even too. see that. Very cool. Yep. Good pick this week for me, I'd have to say. I wish I could say the same about mine. <laughs> so let's just get right into it here. Not to say that this was horrible, but uh, I just had to poke my head in. I followed Wolverine right up until his death, and uh, all that's really been out is what, like the legacy of Wolverine? Yes. Or something I think there's like Old that. Man Logan floating around. Old Man Logan, too, yeah, yeah. And those were, uh, Old Man Logan was decent. I haven't read much of it, just bits here and there. But this is the all-new Wolverine, based on uh, X-23, Laura Kinney who was created from Wolverine. She was a clone of Wolverine, like she's supposed to be a more updated Weapon X. Clones mean they're the same, (laughs) but deaf girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's supposed to be cloned from him somehow, supposedly. But anyway, (laughs) where this picks up is with her in Paris, like tracking down an assassin. She knows there's an assassin there. She just doesn't know where. And finally, a uh, she's right at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. A bullet comes out, hits her, knocks her down, supposedly dead in front of right. hundreds of people who are all like, oh, my God, oh, my God, she's dead. Well, she then heals, gets back up, figures, okay, my, my cover's blown, you know, puts on her Wolverine outfit, which looks just like uh, Logan's, yeah. but uh, she's only rocking two claws instead of three. And uh, she keeps having these flashbacks to, to her time with Logan. And uh, one time in particular, they're out in a mission, and it's like they've just come from an attack. And she says, "I'm, you know, I'm sorry I disappointed you. And he goes, what do you mean? She goes, that guy back there, I could have taken him out. I could have killed him. And he's like, well, why didn't you? It's like there was something in me just, you know, I couldn't do it. And he goes, it, it's one thing to just give in to your animal in- instinct, but it's another thing to be able to control it. Like, I'm proud of you for doing that. So Aww. she just keeps remembering him, and I think her remembering him is just keeping that tie bridging, you know, into this new Wolverine. Like, well, he liked her. You should, too. <laughs> <laughs> Logan thinks she's cool. <laughs> right. Keep bringing him back to remind you. So uh, she chases this assassin up into the Eiffel Tower, who then jumps out of the Eiffel Tower... She jumps out and follows, and uh, Angel swings in and catches her. 
So then this uh, air pursuit goes for this assassin who is somehow already in a plane. I don't know. It's a real go-getter, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, they bring the plane down, and uh, just to find out when she rips the assassin's uh, mask off, it's another clone. It's her in there. So, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, she has to go back and find out where this is coming from. I... Uh, it's all right. Wolverine Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be uh, following up on this one. It wasn't bad written. I just, I don't care. You know, I really don't care. I liked Wolverine. I don't care about Laura Kimmy. So. I like her two claws. Yeah, she's cool looking. Something but, uh, about that seems really cool to me. I couldn't yeah. tell you why. I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> yeah, it's neat. <laughs> kind of but. reminds me of a sloth. I know there are two and three toed sloths, but the two toes <laughs> seems more like a sloth thing to me. <laughs> So, yeah, all new Wolverine. Uh, maybe check it out. I don't know. If you feel like if it. If you feel like it. If you're bored. <laughs> all right, who's next? All right, now, I'm not... <laughs> this comic isn't going to change the world or anything. It's not, like, incredible. But I, I had to have it as soon as I saw the cover. It's called All Hail Megatron. Oh, and it's got okay. Megatron up on the front. He's got an American flag, like, balled up and torn in his fist, and Prime's head on a pike. And I'm like, wow, this is metal. Like, as soon as I saw it. (laughs) So I open this up, and they're in what looks like Times Square. I don't think they specified. I think it's effectively Times Square. Really quick before you go on now, is this the present-day Transformers we know, like, brought to us by Michael Bay, or are we talking, like, the old No, this is, like, OG Transformers cartoon. They they adhere completely to that aesthetic which is fantastic. Like, awesome. I wouldn't have cared if it weren't for that. Yeah, I should clarify. Love the classic Transformers. Not a fan of the movies at all. So it was <laughs> yeah, a classic yeah. that sold me. And um, so you're in the middle of what looks like Times Square. And here you've got the Constructicons come rumbling in. And, like, no one bats an eye. So immediately you're like, okay, they're rebooting the whole Transformers event here. This is nobody has had any contact with them before now. The Constructicons come rumbling in, almost run down. Some dude is like, hey, watch it, asshole, you know, because it's New York. (laughs) And they all stop in the middle of Times Square, and they all transform at once, and people are taking pictures with their iPhones and shit. And and they're like, everyone, stop panicking. Ours is a message of peace and cooperation between our races. Then they all stop. And they all start cracking up with each other. Like, all the Constructicons start (laughs) laughing and immediately set about incinerating everyone within a mile. And they're just unleashing devastation on everything, blowing up buildings and stuff. And here comes Megatron and Starscream and all their flyboys. And they're like, "Mm, this conquest will be easier than we thought. You know, and they're, like, setting up a base camp. Like, hard cut to, like, we're scrambling fighters to try and intercept. It's like, unknown. (laughs) The phrase they use is... <laughs> Metallic terrorists. <laughs> in the so you got these like hotshot pilots, very top gun, jump into their fighters, and he's like, You ready to give him hell, whatever your name is? You know, he's like, You know it, and they bump fists or something. And they fly out there, and their weapons are useless, and Starscream and Skywarp and Dirge are up there just like tearing these tearing dudes apart yeah and it's awesome because it's very brutal <laughs> people are dying they don't want you to forget that and the character <laughs> they just barely introduced when he was jumping into his cockpit who was like 
I know what I have to do for the good of not just me and Dirk, blah, 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 but my whole uh, the human race. And it's clear like he's going to try and dive bomb Megatron, who he just like intuits is their leader, which makes sense, I guess. And he like brushes his hand against a picture of his wife and children. And he's like, I'm going for it. And he's like on a collision course with Megatron, who's like, you know blowing up some civilian car just being an asshole and he turns around and just barely notices this jet barreling to him and casually swats it aside with the back of his hand (laughs) the thing explodes the dude is dead he takes all of the drama out of the situation by just not even being affected and that's where it ends New York belongs to the Decepticons. Uh, no wow. no sign of the Autobots yet until the last page where you see, like, Prime and Bumblebee and I think, like, Ironhide or something. And they're looking at this vid screen that suddenly lights up with a warning. And it's like there was some dialogue about them being on the run, like a quick description. Like, so they lost on Cybertron. They're just fully in retreat now. Mm. And that's when they realize the Decepticons have effectively taken Earth, you know. Oh. It looks cool. I don't know if yeah. I'll follow it, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. I love those kind of books. Yeah, works. It works as a standalone. Yeah, almost. yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, that sweet. does sound sweet. <laughs> Building up to that moment where he's sacrificing <laughs> no, his life. It was, and, you're like, oh, man. I feel for him. Just, boop. Yeah, <laughs> taught him some respect <laughs> with the back of his hand. Awesome. All right, Alex. Then there was you. <laughs> um. I'm going to, you know, I like to throw some indie comics here and there. I recently picked up issue three of, of this. I don't know if you guys have interviewed him yet, Richard Rivera of Stabity Bunny. No. Hmm. Okay. I think so. so I'm going to recommend them to you because great guy, great comic series. Um, the premise of this story is that there's this little girl, seven-year-old Grace, who has this, you know, stuffed animal and, and lives with her, with, with her mom. And I, on her... Um, way out of school this villain the villain of the first story uh, kidnaps her and it looks kind of brutal actually you know it's kind of you know a scary situation you'll see her tied up and with the the blindfold on and and in the van and, and being kidnapped um you know feels very real uh, right and you're thinking man where's the story going and, and and at this time everything's in rhyme you know like a storybook rhyme so it, it's got a really cool little uh, uh feel to it and then um, when the mother finds out that, you know, she's been when the school calls and it's like, oh, you know, your daughter's missing. She didn't make it back from this field trip. Um, when the mother senses has like a sense, a mystical sense that her daughter's missing uh, and realizes that she's been kidnapped. She tells the school, you know, hey, everything's OK. Don't worry about it. She's with me. Everything's fine. Hangs up, opens a closet full of guns and weaponry <laughs> like this this mom is a little more prepared than 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 you uh, assume she would be but she actually doesn't even really need the mom's help because as you're going through the story you realize that uh that there is some mystical power either coming from the girl or coming from the bunny towards the end the bunny through sh- through a shadow of the bunny you notice that he's attacking the villain um but you don't know if it is the bunny and um, the last page of the comic book, you see the villain inside the bunny's eye, like as if he, you know, uh, sucked out, sucked in his soul. And, and now he's being kept in the bunny's um, um, eye socket. And Grace is there hugging the bunny with the villain. You see him through the eye. So it's like a, it's like a wholesome horror tale. They like to say it's uh, Leave it to Beaver uh, meets Nightmare on Elm Street. And, and it's really cool. And all of it's done in like a fairy tale rhyme. And then issue two and issue three is more about the family and getting to know what's going on and introducing new villains and 
and it's been really entertaining. It's been a, a really good pickup and a really good book. Um, not one you'll find in the comic book stores, but definitely um, one you'll find on um, you know online and on Comicsology and Stabity Bunny. That sounds awesome. Looks uh, like it was yeah. a Kickstarter, but it might have been where I've seen it from before. I love yeah. when creators take something so innocent and then take something so corrupt. There's and nothing better than that. Combine them. It's amazing. It's it's there really isn't. I mean, I'm sold. I have to check it out. Yeah. You're talking about seeing the villain's soul captive inside this rabbit. I'm like, yeah, yeah. there it is. Here's well, the point where I decide I'm going to get it. Just even, you know, watching a kidnap scene. But having everything you're reading be a nursery oh, rhyme, yeah. Yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of creepy. That's, that's really cool. I'm going to have to look into that. What was that called again? It's Stabity called Bunny. Stabity Bunny, yeah. Very, very catchy name. And, and you'll see that his, um, his, one of his covers is the plush bunny doll. You know, plush bunny doll, cute, you know. And a, a pool of blood with a happy face on it, similar to like Watchmen's uh, happy oh, face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I cannot wait to look into that. That Sweet. sounds awesome. Very, very lucrative comic uh, talk it. this week, right? All right. And with that, let's just move right into... Real World Heroes. Jack, who do we got this week? 13 and 12-year-old Frankie and Vincent Lepore. And what have Frankie and Vincent done to deserve a spot on a wall of justice? Well, this was, I think, the end of December last year. Uh, they were on a hiking trip with their scoutmaster, Christopher Petri, Petronino. They were walking around in the woods up uh, near New Jersey. He wanted to show them an old cave that he had found there. Uh-oh. Very uh, responsible. Scoutmaster <laughs> wanting to show two boys a cave. That doesn't sound like that's going to end. We're well. off to a very innocent start. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to the cave. Uh, Christopher climbed into it and was all of a sudden face-to-face with a black bear. Uh, the bear grabbed him and pulled him into the cave and started mauling and biting him and oh clawing him. Oh, God, Jesus. He immediately yelled outside to the kids, call 911. So the kids kept cool. I mean, they're, they're junior scouts. Called 911. 911 was, you know, trying to keep them calm. The whole time they're asking, you know, should we start a fire, try to scare them out, or to, to let you guys know where we're at because they're in the middle of the woods somewhere. So they ended up getting a fire started. The guy's dog from barking that ended up scaring the bear away hmm. but yeah they got a they got a fire started and that helped let the rescuers know where they were pretty much out in the middle of nowhere oh. be so easy a panic in a situation like that oh my god i think you should throw the dog in the wall of heroes too. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah really. <laughs> Do they mention the dog's name what is it badass or something? <laughs> I had he was in there for I think eighty minutes something like that pretty wow. much trying to play dead. Wow, that's a long time to be mauled wow. by a bear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, did he, he survived? Yeah, he ended up being all right. I mean, he's in some bad condition, but wow, he's, yeah. he lived. He survived. We're going to start a fire. Just try not to get mauled <laughs> too bad. Wow. But uh, the police Jeez. and everything they were all pretty impressed with the kids that they were able to keep their cool and I'd composure say. instead of just getting scared running off. And I'd just be like, Oh my god! Oh my god! It's a bear. It's a bear. (laughs) He's on his own. Run! (laughs) He wasn't my favorite scoutmaster. (laughs) What were their names again? Frankie and Vincent Lapour. Frankie and Vincent. So for that, Frankie and Vincent, you have found a spot on a wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. And let's not forget the dog. You've got a spot up there too, dog. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever your name is. 
All right. Very good. Very good. Well, with that, let's just turn our full attention right over to Alex Lobato and talk about what's going on on Kickstarter. Thanks again for being with us, Alex. Oh, thank you for having me again. I love this show. You guys oh. did such a great job. Oh, well, thank you so much. And uh, likewise, uh, we've seen uh, Max Hunter 3 now, at least parts of it, right? Yeah, I've got the, I actually mm-hmm. got the trade from the Kickstarter. Yeah, it oh, showed nice. up the other day. The metal, co- uh, the metal card is gorgeous, too, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, J- Jacob Stem does those. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. He does wonderful metal metal work. Uh, he does you know covers and cards. And it's a fairy uh, fairy metal prints. I think is his company's name. It does a good job. So tell us about this Kickstarter project. It's for two books: Gargoyle yes. Girl and Redux by Proxy. Now, yes, you are on Dark Side Global, and then uh, you've merged with Maelstrom Comics, correct, to form Dark Storm Comics. I mean, that sounds awesome, yeah. right there in itself. <laughs> yeah. Dark Storm Comics. <laughs> you thought Dark Horse yeah. was cool? Oh no, Dark Storms <laughs> where it's at. So, uh, tell us first about uh, Gargoyle Girl and Redux by Proxy, and then uh, how this merger came to be. We really, we're good friends, Marcelo and I, and um, we really wanted to do something together and wanted to make a Kickstarter that, that can be, you know, the biggest bang for our fans' buck, you know? Um, rather than just giving one printed comic at a $25 tier, you know, now we're going to give two. We're going to have a bunch of, you know, we do have a bunch of rewards that, that now with the combined forces we could really afford to put together and, and with the combined resources, you know, kick it up a notch when it comes to artists and and um, rewards. So being able to do that, you know, it, so far it's been, it's been really amazing. Gargoyle Girl is more a, a superhero story um, about a teenage, and this is from Marcelo Bravo. He's the creator of it. Um, it's a teenage girl who uh, wants to seek justice um, for the death of her mother. Um, so she seeks out the gargoyle, who is the, is Blackpool City's um, guardian, sort of like a, a, their Batman. But he's been missing in action for quite some time. Um, so when she finds him, she takes on the mantle of the gargoyle and becomes Gargoyle Girl. So she fights crime. There's an underground robot league happening. Uh, which is really cool, and, and I'll come back to that later because we're going to do something with that together. Uh, and um, right off the bat, the, from the few pages that I've seen already, it's it's um, it's a big robot attacking the city, and and then you go into some pages of of Gargoyle Girl, but as a teenager in school, and and then you see her don the costume for the first time, and and it's a really cool, you know, um, superhero tale. And then awesome. Redux. Yeah, it, it does. It sounds like it's just going to be a, a, a fun ride, you know? Yeah, well, the, some of the concept art you had on the Kickstarter page mm-hmm. for uh, the character looked amazing. It's drawn by Eric Coda, who did the uh, the Agency. He, he drew um, the, the first few issues of the Agency by Ruben Romero and the Think Alike production team. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He's done a great job. Then we have Redux by Proxy. Um, this is another Gateway City tale. Max Hunter takes place in, in Gateway City. Uh, we wanted to tell a different story. Um, we wanted uh, we have like a team of, of, of writers, so we wanted someone else to step up and, and write a new story for us. Uh, when he pitched the idea to us, we just fell in love instantly. We thought that it was such a cool concept and cool idea. Then we went out, looked for an artist. We found this guy uh, who whose name is Helmet Racho. We wanted a noir feel, like a black and white Frank Miller type of um, 
art piece. He did a great job on it, so we, we tied him to the project. And, and Redux by Proxy, the concept behind it is that um, there's a scientist, Earl Graham, uh, who takes the memory of the recently murdered victims and places them on an Android proxy. Then that Android proxy has seven days to solve their own murder before they relive their death memory and shut down for good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's something I would have never come up with. It's 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 a cool idea, and, and, and you could do so much with it. Um, what we're going to do with the first tale is is the first victim. Her name is Janet Weiss. Um, you know, she's murdered. Uh, her memory is transferred into the proxy unit. And imagine it's like a 3D printer <laughs> in a larger scale. <laughs> prints this proxy unit that looks like her so that, you know, she's familiar when she wakes up and isn't so scared. Um, she has these new abilities she didn't have before, or greater strength and, and, and more information and, and intellect, but her memory is broken in pieces. Um, so she has to put these pieces together and figure out what exactly happened and, and follow the breadcrumbs and the trails, like typical murder investigation, uh, crime scene type of story to find her murder before time runs out because once that seventh day comes she'll remember her death and completely shut down now is this the first expansion of the uh, max hunter universe yes this is our first this is our first comic other than max hunter for for dark side global and we wanted to keep it all in gateway city kind of like have a um that way we could throw little hints of of things like for max hunter we have um this robot in the, in the second issue that we labeled Kygo, uh, Kygo unit, because we plan to later on in the future, if our Kickstarters continue to be successful and our fans uh, continue to grow, um, we wanted to create a comic book called Kygo 9, and that's a whole different other concept that I'll talk to you guys hopefully about one day when that Kickstarter happens. Um, Absolutely. So we, we wanted to do little hints of, of, of everything in all our comics and keep it within one city, so, sort of like Sin City. And there's a lot going on in that city that we have to we have to tell, but we'll tell it in the pages of these, you know, interesting stories and, and, and concepts. And this is uh, on Kickstarter until February 21st, so there's still plenty of time for people to support. and uh, Lots of time. Yeah, and not to mention a lot of cool rewards uh, to get from backing the project. Uh, again, there were some, like, digital copies. There are hard copies. Uh, again, with the metal cards, like uh, Jack said, you, he had received. But... Uh, <laughs> One thing that seems to be a staple, especially uh, from uh, Maelstrom Comics, are the the pinups, the nudies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta love you them. Know, you know, he he um, he convinced me I was anti nudies. <laughs> um, oh the come whole on, was... Alex! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves a little TNA. Don't be such a prude. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, there's something empowering about you know a woman being comfortable with herself and and. And, you know, I, I was convinced. I was convinced. And, <laughs> and you have you have the fans out there that, that, that love that. They love Tim Vigil's works, too, and, and love um, seeing their characters in a different way, in a sexy sure. way. 
got my um, attention. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that first sketch you have on the Kickstarter of... Uh, I'm not aware of the girl's name from Gargoyle Girl, but uh, the, like the outfit is coming onto her. It's like spinning oh. around her. Yes. When that's finished, I want that on my wall. That looks amazing. Great image. Yeah. I mean, not only is she sexy, but uh, all the badassery happening around her. You know. Yeah. I'm not sure if Marcelo did it yet. He'll probably be doing it um, sometime today. But he'll he'll be posting up the colored version of that. Uh, pin up real soon, and, and it came out. Heard. Did, you see that? Did you both see that shaft of golden light? Typically, they're never oh. answered like that quick. You know? Sometimes it just works. It does. So, what other uh, kind of rewards do you have to backers? We have a lot of comics between us in our arsenal. I have Max Hunter. He has the Jungle Warrior. So we wanted to do a package that can catch people up. You know, getting to know Gateway City is important. Um, so we have one package, uh, I think it's our $50 reward tier that, that has every comic book included in the tier. And then uh, we have autograph packages. We have, okay, so going back to that robot, underground robot fighting league, um, you know, one of the common things about Gargoyle Girl and Redux by Proxy is it deals with robots. So this idea that there's an underground robot fighting league in, in Marcelo's, you know, Blackpool City world, um, really caught my attention so what we did or what we're going to do rather is make a poster that has max hunter um gargoyle girl the proxy and other characters of ours in a ring um ready to fight and then in the middle of the ring is going to be the person who purchases that reward tier drawn um and that poster will be exclusive to that person uh, who who chooses that that tier? That is really cool. I'm not yeah. saying I have to be that person in the middle. <laughs> I am saying you need to tell me who is so I can find. Them. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then we have multiple tiers of original uh, work that we're sending out, and then one um, where we're going to do some sketch covers as well. So it's a lot of interesting new um, things that we want to try out and see if. Um, if people like it and and another thing we're doing too is um we're trying to get input and feedback so we're sending messages out and and trying to get uh people to tell us you know do you like these rewards what can we do to make these rewards better um because at the end of the day uh, we want to make it as fun and as possible for for our fans and for and for the people that are, are backing us our supporters after this project, is Darkstorm Comics going to stay together, or are these titles going to find their homes either at Maelstrom or Dark Side Global? I mean, how is that going to work? Well, it's going to be both. You're going to find the titles in Maelstrom. You're going to find the titles in, in, in Dark Side Global. And Darkstorm Comics, if you know, so far, it's working really well. We get along very well, and and we're just bringing out more titles. Um, it, it's it's a it's um for right now unity for Kickstarter. Um, but who knows? Maybe it could become something more, or, or we'll see. We'll see how how the time goes. But I know that now we're going to be tabling to ve- together at conventions as well. Um, so you could find us at the local conventions and and see uh, what we're coming up with. And people could probably shoot you a feedback on Twitter too. What, what's the handle again? Our Darkside Global handle is at Darkside Global, and I think Maelstrom's handle is at Maelstrom. We haven't created a Darkstorm handle yet, but uh, that's oh, I see. You know, something we should get on <laughs> real quick. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, it looks like uh, you've already got a heck of a lot of backers, and you're uh, well on your way to your goal with 34 days to go. So uh, we wish you the best of luck, Alex, and thanks again for being with us today. 
Thank you guys, man. It's always a pleasure. And I, I just want to do more Kickstarters uh, so I could get on your show because I just love being on your show. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a Kickstarter to be on the show, man. Just let oh, us know. Okay. We'll have you on. Okay. Admission okay, awesome. fee is very awesome. low. Yeah. <laughs> They're not lining up like you think they might be. <laughs> All awesome, right. Man. Thank you for the invite. No, oh, thank you, Alex. Jack, what do we have on the website? We got our show notes, videos, the wall of justice, the contacts page, contacts page, <laughs> the episode archive, and the about us page. And Jake Runyon's 30 minute meals. <laughs> <laughs> He's good at what he does, people. He's good at what he does. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Can underscore air. Uh, we have our YouTube page up. A couple things on there to watch. Uh, what am I forgetting? Don't forget to check out the other great shows on Con Radio here. What kind of shows we got on there, Jack? Team TSD, the Game Fix Podcast, Modern Geek Show, mm-hmm. Con Smash, Every Day is Halloween. Mm. A lot of good Crazy shows. Crazy for Comic Con. Oh, yeah. Just to name a few. And us. Don't forget us. Yeah, yeah, we're there, too. The best of the bunch. Yeah. No, no, we're not that arrogant. We're, no. These are our peers. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) One of the bunch. Yeah, there we go. All right. Well, until next time, then, I'm Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jake Runyon. I'm I'm supposed to say my name here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Alex Lobato. Thanks for listening, everyone. Tipping one for his homies. It's Ask Dave. How do you think the world will end? You think it will end, Jeremy? Oh, eventually it will. Really? Oh, yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. If the, are you saying the planet's going to disintegrate? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but this, the world has to end eventually. My, Jeremy, we won't be there. I know. I know. Well, you don't know. It could end tomorrow. That's true. Just how how do you think in the end it'll happen? Will it be uh, disease? Will it be yeah. a comet? Will it be or an asteroid? I think it's just going to be everything, man. I think, um, you know, I think it's going to be some kind of disease. Or it's going to be something like a nerve gas thing. Like, leak it out. and you know, It'll be like Chernobyl. You know how... But be more huger than that. Alrighty. This has been Ask Dave. If you have a question for Dave, go to CandarePodcast.com and send him a question. Remember, when in doubt, just ask Dave. I need to get help. Do it from outside. Blowtorch. Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, 
The United States is locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. 